that you're a God that makes the difference. You're the God that brings death to life, conquers everything, and brings us at times through the most horrendous circumstances and brings us out to be like gold. Father, this morning as we turn our hearts and our minds to your word, we're mindful and we will see this morning in your world that this is not an easy walk. This is never designed to be an easy call. But the outcome of the call is always for our good and is always amazing. And Lord, I pray as we have been in this season of being prepared to be people of commission, that as we prepare ourselves for this commission, that we go into it with our eyes wide open, but we will always remember the end goal, the end good for your honor and your glory. Lord, as we turn to your word now, we pray that you will bless the reading of your, your perfect word. Father, we think of those, many of those that are on holiday still, and we pray that you will bless them, look after them, and Lord, we long for their company again. We pray you'll bless them. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Great to see you this morning. Thank you, worship team. Um, if you turn to your Bible to Acts chapter 14, we're going to carry on in our series. Church, I want to read the full chapter this morning, and I do believe in the public reading of God's Word, so bear with me, um, and let's read it together, um, chapter 14. And it says this, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into Jewish synagogue, and there they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against their brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord and confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and they fled to Lyconian, cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. Verse 8. In Lystra, there, was, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was um, speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and he began to walk. When the crowd saw that Paul had done, they shouted in Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because, Hermes, sorry, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. 
But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We're bringing you good news, telling you, sorry, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, telling you to turn from the worthless things and to the living God. And they made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them in the past. He had all nations go their way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you um, with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. Even these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowds from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of, outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back to the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Verse 21. They preached the gospel in the city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch strengthened the disciples and encouraged them to remain to true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas entered and appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia and they came to Pamphylia and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from Italia, they sailed from Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door for the faith of the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples, and the Lord will bless the reading of his holy word. Um, Ivan, could I get these turned off, please? Thank you. Um, guys, in Acts chapter 13... We learnt four things. We learnt about those who sold out, those who bailed out. Remember Mark, who went back to his mother in Jerusalem. Those who were bought out. And unfortunately, those who lost out because they would not commit themselves to the faith. And here in chapter 14, we're going to see another picture of some folk and their response to the gospel. Church, we have been preparing ourselves over these weeks as we've looked at this series of Acts. We've been preparing ourselves because God has got a commission on our lives. The commission was always there. Sometimes just as church, we forget it. And the commission is that we take the gospel outside of church. We go to our neighbors, we go to our friends, we go to our families, and we share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. But we have to be realistic, church, this morning. And we need to realize, too, that as much as we want people to receive this good news, as we've received the good news, and we've enjoyed the good news, we've lived in the good news, the good news has been precious to us, we're not always going to get a welcome. We're not always going to get those that God will send us to who will respond to us the way we would want them to respond. I want to talk to you this morning about three groups, and it's a wee bit like A, B, C. So we've got our A, B, C this morning. There's three groups that you're going to see in this passage as we go through it. And the first is this, those who are anti to the gospel, those who will absolutely fit you up, those who will come against you because of the gospel. And then you've got the B church, those who are bitter against the gospel. 
And these are people who want the gospel to fit into their lifestyle, and because they don't give themselves fully to the gospel, and they try to take wee bits of it to suit them and live in those wee bits, when it comes to hard times in their situation and in their life, because then they're not fully committed to the kingdom of God, they can't stand. And then they become embittered against the gospel, because for them, it didn't work. But for them, they didn't truly commit. And then here's the last one is our C. And it is those who are committed Christians. Those people who really fit around the gospel. The gospel fits into their life. The gospel is their life. They take it as it says and they live out God's word. And that's why they see things happening within their life. Here in the first one, those that are anti to the gospel, we see that Paul and Barnabas are doing their usual thing. When they go to a city, they always go to the synagogue first and they preach to the Jewish people. They were preaching then to the Gentiles people. And you see that as they preach the gospel in these first seven verses, there are those who come to faith. And I'm sure those boys were excited. Weren't you excited this morning when you heard about Stephen? You clapped and you rejoiced. And we do clap and we rejoice and we celebrate when people decide to follow Jesus full out. But there were those who were not happy. And we read in this scripture that there were those who stirred up against Paul and Barnabas. There were those who become, came against them and they started to stir the people up to discourage them. And you know, friends, when you get sold out, See, when you click in and you realize that, you know, when you get saved, you weren't just saved for a ticket to go to heaven, but actually you were saved for purpose. That God wants to use you to reach out to other people. And when we hit the autumn, friends, we're going to put in some of our practice and we're going to, in the autumn time, we're going to go out. Now, some of you will do that in an invitation way. Some of you will do it in a confrontational way that you have no problem going and knocking on the door. Not for everybody, but for some of you, that's your thing and that's fine. For some of us, we pray people in. For some of us, it's through relationship and building up relationship. But in the autumn time, as we consider how best we can reach around, I'm going to say this to you. Be aware. You're going to get opposition in your life. And do you know why you're going to get opposition in your life? Because the enemy of your soul does not want anybody coming into freedom. And that opposition may come from the strangest of places. It might come in your home life. Maybe those people at home that will discourage you. And you know, sometimes even as believers, not thinking about it, we can discourage each other. I'm going to have to pay my sister not to tell my mother this. But, you know, I remember years ago coming home from a meeting, and I was on cloud nine. I can't remember what the meeting was, but it was an amazing meeting. And I come home, and it was full of energy. And I mustn't have done something that I should have done. And, of course, mother, you know, as mothers sometimes do, um, had a wee word in my ear. And it was like it stole all the joy that I had felt that night in the service. And sometimes, church, we get it at home. A discouragement, but that discouragement is to try and to stop us from going on to what God has got for us to do. The enemy's smart. He will hit you with everything and anything to try and stop you go on in that calling that God has in all of our lives. Maybe your discouragement may be in your workplace. That might be even from the point of view, it might not be that at the tea table, a time when you're coming in and maybe speaking about what God is doing in your life, it may not be people mocking you from your faith, but it might even be more subtle in the fact that you get so involved and overwhelmed with what you have to do, it seems like you've no time to do anything else. 
friends in our world today. We need to be pre-warned that our world is getting harder. Our society is getting harder. Do you know are we nation? Are we gospel-loving nation? It is going to get so much harder for us to share the gospel. I've talked about it before. You've heard me speak about it before. But there is this anti thing about Christianity at the minute. It's like everybody else's rights. Everybody else can say what they want to say. But if you're a Christian, you're anti this, you're anti that, and you're anti everything. You can't say. There's freedom. It seems like there's freedom of speech for everybody else in this world, bar God's people. And church, it will get harder for us, even in this life, in this society, to be able to share our faith. But we need to take a note out of these boys' book. If you look there in verse 3, even though these men got opposition, they stayed there a long time. They stayed with it. And you know, sometimes in our faith, especially when we're reaching out into an area, when we're reaching out to try and bring people to Christ, or someone that has been on our heart, you know, sometimes when we get a wee bit of discouragement, it's so easy to step back and not to do it, and yet God wants us to persevere. But persevere to a point. You know, over the years, one thing I have learned about evangelism and sharing faith and that is, and this is a hard one, especially when you have a heart to see people come to faith and you want to see people joy in the joy that God gives. But you know, on many occasions when I've knocked doors and been sharing faith with people, I've known when God has said, they're not ready. I've brought conversations to an end with people even when those people sometimes you, you feel there's a mocking and they're spurred against what you're standing for. You know, God's word says not to throw the pearl before the swine. And that seems hard. But there's times even you have to learn when you're doing outreach and you're reaching out to your community. There are times when you need to step back from an individual because it's not the right time. And you do pray that there will be a time for them. But at some stage, you have to step back. And here we see within these men who are sold out for God, who are going and they're taking the gospel to this area, it comes to point them, but there's nothing else for them to do but to move on. These guys gang up on them, they beat them, they stone Paul, all of these things, and these guys have to move on. And there was wisdom there, because if they didn't, their lives could have been taken, and there was yet many other people who would receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, as we reach out into our new season, just be aware, it's not always going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And it'll be worth it even if it's just for the one. And you know, God has put us here for this season. And you know, some of us already have walked around the estate here and walked up the hill in Devanville. And you know, friends, whether it be Vanville, Tully Carnet, or big posh houses up on the King's Road, See, behind those closed doors, there's broken people. There's people who haven't yet, even in our world, heard the true gospel, heard about the love of God and the power of God to change and make a difference. God wants us to reach our neighbors and our friends with this message. It's not always going to be easy. But see, when you see lives change, hearts change, hearts melt in the presence of the King, Friends, it's all worthwhile.
And then we find, friends, too, that there are those who become bitter against the gospel because they want the gospel to fit in with them and their lifestyle. You know, in Lystra, when these boys go to Lystra and they do the miracle with this guy who is lame or disabled, and they see this happening, they get all excited that these two men are powerful and they've come and they're able to bring healing. They wanted the healing, they wanted the blessing, but they didn't want to hear about a crucified saviour. And you know, we live in a society today, I don't know if you've noticed this, but you know, it's nearly like it's a pick and mix now today. Some people take a wee bit of Buddhism, and they'll take a wee bit of Krishna, and they'll take a wee, and they add it all to their lives. It nearly becomes a fashion statement, you know, and it's great that people in the public eye, especially actors and that, when they come to faith, you'll maybe see people saying, oh, they're a Christian now, and I'll come to faith. But so often, they're following the man rather than following the saviour. It's like a fashion accessory. And here, these people, there's a history to why they latched on so much to Paul and Barnabas. You see, legend would have it that Zeus and Hermes wandered their land. They wandered their land looking for rest and shelter, and they went to thousands of homes and asked people would they allow them to come in, and they wouldn't let them come in. But they went to this wee old man and woman who had this wee old Shaw shack and asked them could they stay there and apparently this man and woman let them in and they turned the straw shack into a marble and gold palace. And the old man and the old woman became evergreen trees outside this palace. So then you have Paul and Barnabas coming along and Paul and Barnabas does this healing. What do these people do? They revert back to this legend. Now Zeus and Hermes have come among us once again. They're coming and they're doing these great miracles. And what they were saying was, these men are our gods. These are our gods. And they wanted to worship the men instead of the saviour these men represented. Their hope was in the men, but they didn't want to hear the message of a crucified saviour. They wanted the glory. They wanted the wealth. They wanted best. They were maybe thinking to themselves, well, if we set these men like this man and woman years ago, we're going to get homes of gold and marble. But they didn't want to take up their cross and follow Jesus. And yet today, there are so many people, they want the blessing of the gospel, they want the healing of the gospel, they want the love of the gospel, but they don't want to take up their cross and follow Christ. And because they mix and they match, they take a wee bit of the gospel here and a wee bit there, And when they hit hard times and Jesus says, you're going to have trouble. You have to pick up your cross. And when they do that and it's not working for them, then they turn their backs. They become embittered against the God because it's not working for me. But the Bible calls for all of us. And even in church this morning, it's a reminder to us all. Are we willing to take up our cross and follow him? Are we willing? And we can sing it so gladly, no turning back, no turning back. I've decided to follow Jesus. But is that our heart? That we continue to follow the Lord Jesus in the midst of it all? That was there, the people's thing. But you know, there's a flip side of this as well, where this situation could have also gone so, so wrong. Way back when I went to Bible college, one of the things that we were warned about was glory. Watch out for the glory. Not meaning watch out for God's glory coming. But sometimes in ministry, people, when things happen and you know, God blesses in the house and people are getting saved and people are getting healed and touched with God, sometimes it can go to those who ministers to their heads. 
And they think it's all about them. And then people get latched on to them. And sometimes there's a need within people to think they need people to need them. And these, Paul, Paul and Barnabas were so wise because as we see at the end of this passage, they always continually reflect everything that happened to God's glory. And church, this morning where we are and who we are as a people, see when things happen in our church, people get touched and turned to God and blessed. People get healed. Do you know where their glory goes? It's not to the platform, but it's to the king. That's where our focus should always be because it's God that does the saving. It's God that does the healing. It's God that does the changing. It's not to do with man. How many of you have ever seen the film Anton Fisher? Anybody else seen the movie? Just me? I must be a real film buff. If you can get a chance, it's based on a true story. A young Navy SEAL in America who had a horrendous upbringing. He was aban- his father was murdered, his mother abandoned him. He was brought up in a so-called Christian home and the woman that brought him up beat him, called him all sorts of names. Absolutely messed that we fell up. And when he got into the Navy, he had absolutely all these anger issues, kept hitting people and fighting with people and all of this. He sent as part of punishment to, to see the psychiatrist, Denzel Washington, really good movie. But in his recovery, Denzel starts to realize that he's sort of looking to him for the answer. He's looking for him to sort him out. He's looking to him to source the need. And Denzel has to say to him that he needs to go back to the source of the problem and find his comfort there. And you know, church, that many people will put their trust in man. And that's why some people then become embittered in church life. Because their hope goes to a man or to a woman rather than the king. It's only the king of kings and the lord of lords who can heal us. It's only the lord who can touch us. Man will let you down, but God will never. And that's why our trust always needs to be upon the Lord and not upon people. Because that's when we become better. By being let down by people where the Lord will never, ever let us down. And then finally this morning, church, there are those who become and are committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like the way Paul speaks to those people in these last few verses. He says it as it is. Although he comes to encourage them in Antioch and to build them up and to encourage them in faith, he also says this to him, that they would have to walk through many afflictions. They would have to walk through many hard times. Do you remember David was here a few weeks ago and David talked about Christine Cain's book, Unexpected? I've just finished reading it. Guys, I'm not kidding you. It is a worthwhile book to read. The enemy will throw everything and anything at you to get you off what God has for your life. He will bring so many unexpected troubles into your life, but times we need, church, just to keep that focus, to realize that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. But there are two things here. One is this. Friends, when we share the gospel with people, when we give people hope, when we tell people that God loves them and God wants to save them, do not make the gospel out as when you give your life to Jesus and he deals with your sin, life's going to be hunky-dory. Because it's not. 
life just got harder. Life just got harder. And the enemy will do everything to take you out, to stop you sharing that freedom with the, of other people and get other people into freedom. But we have to be honest with people and say that the Christian life is a difficult life at times, but it's an amazing life as well when you see the end of the, the game. When you know that there is blessing ahead and you know that God is with us each step of the way and you know that God will bring liberty and freedom. It's definitely a hard walk. There is no doubt about it. Especially sometimes when we feel that we've been crushed. I pray God will give it for one of us. A spirit of Job. He gives and he takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And maybe today, church, you're here. And you love the Lord with all your heart. But it just seems to be that the more you try to do for God, the more the battle rages. You know, Job said this. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. Church, no matter how hard it gets, keep the focus. Do you know the lovely thing in this story is this? They went to Antioch to strengthen one another. And sometimes we just need the arm of a brother and sister around us to say, you're doing okay. You're doing better than you think. Can we be that church? Can we be that people? That as we go out to do what God has called us to do, people on mission, people with the commission, to see men and women one, that this building is not big enough for us. And all the ups and all the downs, will we choose to be the people who will put our arms around each other and encourage each other and say, you're doing better than you think you are. Sometimes the house of God can be a war zone because the enemy wants it to be that way. He wants to bring negativity, division, and all of those things. And again, it's just he doesn't want us to reach what God has called us to do. But we can choose to be a people like Caleb of a different spirit. A people who will choose not to speak negatively, but a people who will speak positively because we know God has a call in our lives to reach the lost and save them one to the kingdom. And in that battle, in that walk, in that doing that, when some of us are feeling the pressure, then that's when others can come like Aaron and Ur and lift their hands up and encourage us in the battle. Are we going to choose to be battle encouragers this morning? To lift each other up, to encourage each other, to inspire each other on into this mission to see people one for the kingdom of God. We need to be realistic.
want to just share one more wee scripture with you and then the worship team are going to lead us in a time of worship. Do you remember when Jesus told followers they would have to eat his body and drink his blood? And there was a big uproar. And in Matthew or John 6, we learned that people said on hearing this, this is a hard teaching. And they walked away. And then he starts to talk to his disciples, those that were near him, and he was sort of prodding them, are you going to walk away too? Are you going to give up in the mission? Are you going to give up in me as well? And I love Simon Peter's answer, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Remember Elvis's old song, Where Can I Go But To The Lord? And do you know that comes out of the fact of verse 63 where Jesus said this, The Spirit gives life and the fresh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and they are of life. You see, church, no matter how hard it gets, still give her life no matter what the enemy throws at us in this life he's still the giver of life and again we need to make healthy choices we can either find our way again without Christ without a mission for our lives and do our own thing and get colder and colder and, 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 and get off the focus what God's called us to do or if the battle rages we can get on our knees we can do what we're going to do tonight. We can get our praise on. And we can come and we can exalt our God, our amazing God, because it is Him who is life. And you might feel at the moment, well, Lord, I have no life and I feel broken and I feel disappointed. I feel that this is never going to come to an end. Church, his promises. We sang it earlier. Or yes and amen. God hasn't finished with you yet. The guys are going to lead us in a time of worship. It's only half twelve. I know the sun's shining, but the king is in glory. We're going to stand, we're going to worship. Been asked to pray for someone this morning, but this morning I feel in my heart too that church, if you need encouraged. Maybe you just need somebody to help raise your hands today. As we worship God together, I'm going to ask the prayer guys who normally do prayer ministry to come as well. And if you need someone to stand with you and pray with you this morning, to come and get prayer as we worship the Lord together. Amen.